Welcome to episode 101 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Episode 101, take two. Yeah. Well, I read on Twitter earlier today that this show uh, had been canceled and that there were no more episodes being recorded. In fact, I read that from several people. Yeah, I'm going to dedicate this episode and maybe every one of them moving forward to Mike Hernandez for proclaiming us dead. We're gone like three weeks. Yeah, I, somebody tweeted a screenshot of our um, Apple podcast feed, and it said last episode was November 16th, and I'm like, that's not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, We're not I mean, doing that bad. Yeah, scroll back to 2016 when there were like five or six weeks in between episodes at times. Doing better. We're doing better than people give us credit. In fact, yeah. who are you, by the way? Well, you know me, and you can find me on Twitter at Glenn3 underscore 11. You can find me at Tommy two underscore zero, formerly known as the Richard Hendricks of this podcast, but I think I have had to relinquish that title because yes, this is the second attempt at recording episode 101. We went for over an hour, I guess two nights ago. Right. And pretty quickly after we stopped recording, well, I guess I can't really say stop recording because in order to stop recording we would have had to have been recording. <laughs> I started frantically searching the internet yeah. for searches such as, can you recover Skype audio? Does Skype archive audio? And the answer is no. If you don't ever actually click record to begin with, it's gone. Now you may ask, how was it possible that we essentially recorded a hundred episodes virtually glitch free? We've had a few issues here and there. We had the one but, lost episode. Yes. That was it. But on episode 101, I've suddenly managed to uh, mess so many things up. Well, the answer is three weeks, a lot can change. It's so, true. So let's set the stage here. We're now recording via the miracle of Skype. Changed our progress around. I'm sitting by myself in Nashville, Tennessee, in what can only be described as a beaten <laughs> small apartment in a particularly rough area of town. Yeah, you got some nice uh, cabinet work there behind you. There appears yeah. to be a, a picture on the wall of nothing from my angle. It just looks like Yeah, it is. It's black. it's just like some type of swatch pattern. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty beaten. Yeah, and I, I could take you on a tour. But then, you know, not only have things changed on my end, you're also sitting here. The last time that we were all together, I didn't see crutches in the background of the screen, which I now see. You do, yes. Those uh, those accompany me wherever I go, hundred percent of the time, and so we'll be doing so. Would you would you walk? There's two sets of footprints, yours, and then the crutches. <laughs> the the crutches have a set of footprints, and I have footprint as my as my left foot has barely hit the ground over the last twenty one days. And so, how was that? Was uh. I feel like you were you were trying to play it off, but I feel like there was some apprehension on your part. Always a little nervous, you know, going in for something like that. I've never had anything done that uh, that serious, so you always have the apprehension that they might operate on the wrong leg, or something just goes bad in surgery. <laughs> Did you take matters into your own hands on that? Do you? Uh... 
leave the doctor like a note or get the tattoo? No, they actually probably 10, 20 minutes before they wheeled me back to the to the operating room, the the surgeon came in just to say hi and everything, and he he initials the the knee that is to be operated on, so they know which one to which one to prep, and so he doesn't lose sight of maybe what he's supposed to be doing. So did you initial there too, just to, or did you just do like did you just do like DocuSign or something? I had did a, yours electronically. I had a notary there that I brought in just to make it all all formal, but we. Yeah, we got that done, and surgery is success. The so what? What was the scar situation like? Did they was it arthroscopic, or do you have a uh, an actual uh, battle wound out of this thing? Well, there's one there's one battle wound for sure because they had to graft part of my patella tendon to rebuild or reconstruct the ACL. So uh, just right, you know, on or I guess right below the kneecap, there's about a let's say a four inch incision scar. Is that a number you're pretty familiar with? <laughs> if you want to double it. <laughs> you know how to estimate four inches pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. I measure everything in fours. Um, but other, other than that, there's probably, there were probably two or three other like small, like pinprick type incisions. And I think that's where they, I don't know how they do this stuff, but that's where they slide the cameras in and take care of business. Did they uh, did they shave the the shave the knee before surgery? Yeah, they they shaved me all over, which I felt was a little unnecessary. But yeah, no, they definitely did. So, so did, you didn't tell them you didn't tell them your joke. <laughs> no, I did not. You didn't tell them the your joke about how you like your coffee. Uh, no, that didn't that didn't. You ever heard? Have you heard this one? Uh, you know said, that joke you told me earlier when you said when you no. told me how you liked your coffee right before we started recording is it strong and black no you said you like your coffee like you like your women without pubic hair and that really fell flat even here here in the central time zone i'm in the central time zone how many times do i have to tell you that well, i thought uh i thought nashville was east coast no, here's a fun Nashville fact. If it's you drive just a couple hours um, further to the east, you would be in the eastern time zone. So what okay. that means is this time of year, it gets dark here at like 4.30, 4.45, which is really annoying. I'd imagine living in an apartment by yourself and it gets dark at 4.30 p.m. How beaten is that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this place in the in the, in the the daylight yet. Oh, it's depressing. And, and, I don't want to like recreate a Chris Rock stand-up routine, but if you were looking for my apartment, you might find it on Rosa Parks Boulevard. Okay. And yeah. I don't know Nashville at all, right? I don't know what all the well, I, I'm starting to learn a little bit, but what the cool areas of town were. So I basically picked this apartment off a list of available furnished apartments sorted by price inversely. So that's why I'm at this one because. <laughs> Hey, you know, Tommy 2.0, he's always looking for a deal. Yeah. So when I would get to work, you know, people make small talk with me and they say, oh, you know, where are you staying? And so I got an apartment temporarily till we move into our house. They said, oh, where's your apartment? And I said, well, it's on, you know, on Rosa Parks Boulevard. And they would be like, ooh, man, sure. Uh, sure. Everything's OK there. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, but there's 
there's Vandy candy around, right? Yeah, so I'm in uh, actually pretty close proximity to Vanderbilt, and let me tell you, things are going pretty well at Vanderbilt. <laughs> pretty, pretty well. Pretty prestigious, huh? Yes. Uh, the Vandy candy situation is um, doing pretty well. Okay. All right, we'll leave it at that. Should we go back to my surgery? No, I, I'd like to talk about me the rest of the episode. Oh, okay. That's fine. This is really more a vehicle for me. No, so um, they, wheel, they wheel you back. The doctors autographed your knee. Yeah. How much of what happened next do you remember? Did you wake up during the surgery? I, I did not. And I remember nothing from the surgery itself beyond they wheeled me in the room they asked me how tall I was so they could size my crutches for me. Oh, I bet you were really happy to tell that when you were like, well, <laughs> not meaning to brag, but I'm six foot eight. Yeah, I just want you to know. Um, and I do recall being in the, the surgical room, but I remember about two seconds of it. And when you say the, the surgical room, are you trying to say operating room? Yes. Okay. Just, you know, whatever. Operating surgical, the surgical that room. That's what I call I've it. heard that one before. Yeah, well, you learn new things on this podcast. Um, yeah, that's all I remember. I woke up in the in recovery, and they were trying to usher me out out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah, got to get that room turned over, man. That's how that's you true. make your money in this world. That's right. So, um, I'd say first couple of days were pretty rough, especially on the crutches. Here, here's a tip. If you're going to be on crutches for an extended period of time, you've never been on them before, maybe get them ahead of time and practice a little bit. Really? Because I guess, not... yeah, once you, have the, once you have the surgery, the margin for error is zero. If you go down, you're, you're back in the surgical suite again. Yeah, especially if you're a little drugged up and your leg is heavily wrapped and swollen and painful. You're not moving as limberly as you... Uh, normally would so the margin for error is very is very small and i only probably two or three days after i had it done i was here by myself and i needed to get something out of the back room so i had to venture down the hallway and i the crutch caught the carpet a little bit and i almost bit it i caught myself like against the wall but i mean it was we were this close for me just going all the way down. And I don't, I don't know if I could, would have been able to get up once I fell down. <laughs> I'd have been trapped. So, but so no you're, trying other... to tell, you're trying to tell me that the king of, of one-leg deadlifts couldn't get himself up off the ground. I, I don't know if I could have or not. Is, is that a direct, a direct correlation to the fact that you were totally coked out of your mind on opioids? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I ever doubled the dosage on the on the codones. I think I took it as directed. I took I took all of them, but I, I stuck to the. I stuck <laughs> so what'd you do the, the second day? <laughs> I stuck to the schedule. I didn't have any left over. I still have some pain meds left over from my uh, from ileitis, but I don't have any left over from this. But uh, yeah, so rehab since then, and in our non-recorded episode. I had mentioned how got several things doing in rehab, but one thing is they put you on the stationary bike after probably about a week and a half, two weeks post-surgery. And the whole bit is you just, you pedal forward as far as you can and then backward as far as you can. And when you first start that, I mean, you're, if you're making half a revolution, like that's good range of motion wise. 
So when you so, say as far as you can, like you just go to a point where it hurts so bad you can't pedal any further? I mean, it's there's a somewhat of a pain factor, but your leg, is, because it's swollen and you don't have the range of motion, like you physically cannot do it. I guess if somebody like pushed on your other foot, the good foot as hard as they could, it could force it. Seems like that would be bad, but you, you just you literally can't go any further. Like you, like I would be pushing with my good foot on the other side, and I can't push the pedal any further back because the other leg is just resisting it because it doesn't bend like it normally does. So it's see, like my, counterbalancing it. See, like my brain can't even compute that. That just seems so strange. It's pretty depressing. So we recorded three days ago, I think it was. And I was telling you then in the last episode <laughs> that I could go about two thirds of a revolution, you know, either way. As of this morning, full revolutions. Whoa. Forward and back. It was a big breakthrough. You just slowly, I mean, the swelling goes down, but you just slowly bend and flex it through all the exercises they give you, and you improve a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you can do it. Now, I can't just, like, bike like normal. I still have to do it. It's slow, but I can go, I got the full range of motion on that now, so that's, that's big progress for me. So when you when you say that, like, once you get the full range of motion, then you can just keep going. You're not talking about just one revolution. Yeah, yeah, you can do. Yeah, I can like do, now you're you're limber or flexible enough to go all the way around the horn. Yeah, but still, it's it looks like a about an eighty five year old man doing it when I'm doing it. Like it's it's pretty slow. So tell me about this therapist you got. What's uh, what's she looking like? Um, she's okay. So here here's uh, here's what I heard. I got a covert report from someone that is close to the situation that said that uh, you were the favorite of all the female therapists in the, uh, in the uh, rehab center, because maybe, maybe cause you're so young or your traps are so amazing, but I was told that they fight over who gets to work with Glenn three underscore 11 when he comes in. So can you validate this? I don't know if it's quite to that extent, but everybody certainly wants to say hi. We'll just, right. We'll just leave it at that. Now, now uh, Akash was the gentleman that helped me today. He he's not fighting for my services unless he wants. To, he wanted to talk a lot of Mavericks today. So unless that's unless that's his uh, his end to something else. Um, we were just talking Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. We weren't talking anything else. But uh, so say that it wasn't a cautious day to help you out. What well, what kind of topics of conversation have come up in the last few days of rehab? Uh, not nothing to any great extent. Uh, they try to start conversation, but you know me, I don't really like talking to people, so I'm <laughs> kind of looking to defeat it as soon as possible. You're just trying to show off, like pedal a bike three quarters of yeah. the way around. Yeah, yeah, right. So show them what of- a. I was going to say, speaking of bikes. Yeah. Are you, are you becoming the, the Lance Armstrong of rehab, I know. I want to become bike guy. <laughs> hey, biking's I, fun. I'm not going to get a real bike because I know how to ride one, but eh, the last few times I have, I just, I'm, I'm out on that. I'm just, yeah. don't get anything out of it. Well, didn't you, didn't you have a friend that had a kind of a close call on a bike? Yeah, close Recently? call. 
close call, meaning that he almost and probably should have died. Yeah, I'd say that's close call. <laughs> he was going about, I don't know how fast exactly, but um, I think estimate maybe 25, 30 miles an hour, like down a hill on a road that he had been on a bunch of times. And I think there was just something, could have been a rock, could have been something that's just not normally there that he hit. And he flew over the front of his bike and landed literally like head and face first into a curb. Oh and if he gosh. hadn't been if he hadn't been wearing a, a bike helmet, he no doubt would either would have he would have been dead. Or at least Akash would have been helping him. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Akash would have been doing all of his cognitive therapy, <laughs> teaching him how to read again. But maybe that guy was part of the reason that you don't want to get a real bike in your oh. subconscious somewhere. Maybe. I just think bike riding, like a real bike, is just kind of spare. You just seem to be in the way. But what about a stationary bike that's in your house? <laughs> okay. I'm interested. So I was thinking about that because I think that is going to be a pretty big part of uh, rehab in general. Not in here. So um, I was looking at options. Of course, you know me. When I start looking at options, you're going to start from the top of the list and move your way down. It's one so thing I know in, about you is you <laughs> you appreciate the finer things in life. So I immediately start looking up, hearing a lot of things about this Peloton bike. Oh, yeah. So some of the people that I'm working with now, all they talk about, it's like, it's like borderline CrossFit annoying. They're talking about their Peloton achievements. My Actually, the lady that's my new boss was telling me when she's leaving work, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get my 200th ride medal on Peloton or whatever tonight. And she was wanting to get home because she wanted to do it during the live class so that they would, I guess they acknowledge her, recognize her in some way during the live class for that achievement. So she was oh, yeah. you know, making sure to get home from work to do it. And yeah, I fell asleep like halfway through the story. But yeah. So I was looking at that and uh well, it'd be good for the podcast because then we could just every show we could just start with Glenn's Peloton update. Right. And great idea. Good for the rehab for the knee because it's gonna be several weeks, uh, if not months, before I can jog or run. You know, gotta keep the fitness up as best yeah. I can. So oh, yeah. seemed like a good idea. The other benefits, the live classes and this, that, and the other. So start doing a little research on the bike. Seems to be state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line, bike's going to last forever. Here are all the other you know, benefits, the classes, and whatever. And then, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm convinced. I'm like, let's just get one of these things. So you're going to become Peloton guy. You're convinced. It's like CrossFit, Michelob Ultra, and Peloton. Three so things I, that you love. Well... Maybe one, maybe. Uh, so then I go to a website, and I'm thinking, let's just hit purchase and just see what happens. So a bike appears before me that has a price over it. Okay. And that price, the lowest price, the base model price, okay. base package, I believe it was 2248 <laughs> You're Plus, telling me that the cheapest Peloton bike is over two grand? Yes. <laughs> $22.48 plus the membership to have access to all the classes and all that is 40 bucks a month. So you're in for 
$2,800 or more the first year and then roughly $500 every year thereafter. Yeah, I mean, 40 bucks is like a gym membership. And I have one of those. Right, so then you're going to pay... You have to you have to outlay two two grand plus for the bike, and then for as long as you own it, forty bucks a month. You know, provided that they don't increase the cost, and right. then if you don't pay the subscription fee, what do you have? Well, I think the thing you have a really expensive stationary bike that does nothing. <laughs> it's probably it becomes a coat hanger at that point. <laughs> I, I think it has certain workouts and stuff programmed into it, but it's a set number. So once you've done them. That's it. You know, I think right. some of the appeal is the variety, the recognition. I think that's a huge thing. I think that's probably why it's so popular with white people because <laughs> they need all that positive affirmation and they need everybody telling them what a great job they're doing, like all the time. Oh, wow, your 200th, 200th ride. Like, who cares? You've just had it a long time. That means nothing. Unless, well, unless appar- apparently it means you have $2,000, so that's something to be proud of. Yeah. They should congratulate you every time you turn the thing on for all your success. So needless to say, I'm not getting a Peloton oh, bike. Oh, you're not going to do it? I'm still thinking of, because some of the other benefit was just having it because the wife really likes to do like the spin classes and stuff. Um, and so if she can't do it on the schedule at the gym, she could do something like that here. I don't know. Maybe I can find some kind of a knockoff version. That's maybe like half the price. <laughs> or you, you could, uh, you could just get one that's like a regular one, and then just put like a, you know, like an old iPad, and just like have have it like skyped to, uh, like you like leave the other one in your gym or something, and just, well, actually, just kind of audit the classes. No, that's a good. That's a good point. That's what the. Uh, the woman that lives with me rent free brought up the idea of well, if we want a bike we can just probably look up those same workouts and stuff just off YouTube. Just get on the bike and just, just play it on your phone. And you yeah, can, or just you can do the play same Fortnite thing. while you're biking and forget about yeah. everything else. Yeah. Just commandeer the screen. That'd have, be you good seen, idea. have you seen this Peloton TV commercial? Like, it's unbelievable. And now oh, knowing yeah. how much it costs, it's even more unbelievable. Have you seen this? Well, that guy's terrible wife discovering her christmas present and writing it for like weeks ahead of time and then acting all surprised yeah but i've got i've got some major issues with this commercial so for those that haven't seen it which i'm sure if you watched any sports in the last two weeks you've seen it but basically um husband probably doing slightly better than glenn because he actually bought the bike buys his wife the peloton bike hides it in the basement puts the bow on it for christmas and it's is that is that a basement it seems like it's some kind of a shed okay shed basement i i was going with basement which, which it's also hidden in plain sight in the middle of the shed just a shed with a little tag on it that says like two jill <laughs> which she, with plenty she, of room she daintily takes it off every time she's <laughs> using it like what does that matter just it's not going anywhere that's strange so- that's all that is. <laughs> so she, during the course of the commercial in a series of different vignettes, it shows her sneaking off down to the basement or the shed to exercise. So there's one part where they're like laying in bed and it's like 1030 at night and she gets up and sneaks out downstairs and then, you know, different other scenes in their life. So, so here, here's the first issue that I have with that, right? So this guy's wife is climbing out of bed then disappearing down to the basement coming back all sweaty <laughs> and he's got no problem with that yeah doesn't even notice it 
they even notice it. Well, and, and then go, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say the one part that bothers me is there's one scene that I don't know what he's doing. I can't remember if he's leaving or he just kind of turns around and walks away, and she immediately just fires her shirt off and just runs to the shed to get on the bike. Yeah, like doesn't oh, wait yeah. for <laughs> doesn't wait for him to <laughs> pull out of the driveway or anything like that. Like he's barely turned his back and she's she's already taken off. Yeah, but then like I think the 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 whole payoff is then you know she acts surprised on Christmas Day like that she hasn't been riding this thing for weeks before. But I'm kind of going like if you if you put yourself in the shoes of most guys like what's he gonna be mad about like wow I'm really mad that my smoking hot wife's working out <laughs> <laughs> like I'm devastated <laughs> like so, she's in really good shape and she wants to work out this is the worst thing ever. Do you know that there's also a version where he's the one riding the bike? Does it have anything to do? Wait a minute. Does it have anything to do with rehab? No. He he doesn't fire his shirt off. But I think I've only seen it a couple times. But there's another version where he's the one in in that kill shed that they have with the bike just in the middle. Yeah. Just picture the Randy Marsh from South Park is what's really going on in there. And comes back in the room all sweaty and probably so so speaking of commercials and people doing well <laughs> is there is there a couple that's doing any better than that gmc commercial where the guy buys the black oh, truck and the red the his and hers hey, hey, okay let's i want to break this down okay first off there's a scene in their kitchen and it's the most high-toned kitchen that's ever been seen. They walk outside. The whole front of their house is like pure, like luxurious glass. Like this house. Yes, I want to buy this house. I want to figure out where this house is and live in this house. This is like a $3 million house. Yes, this is like a, well, I mean, you would have to buy like, what, a million Pelotons? <laughs> right. <laughs> so To equate the value of this house. So first off, it, it starts with she's, she's bought them a gift, each of them, his and hers watches or Fitbits of some kind. She's getting away with that. He's bought two essentially luxury upscale vehicles, and she immediately runs for the truck, which we're not having any of that. Like, there's no way this stands. No chance whatsoever. Hey, girls love trucks. Well, there's a passenger seat for a reason. In my I, alternate universe, I like to picture that that they're just in like horrible debt and that he's like done like <laughs> these just horrific leases or finance packages on these cars and like this is just the last thread like keeping them out of bankruptcy. Like you flash forward 6 months later and she has left and he <laughs> he's living in the shed where the Peloton used to be. And the people from Peloton have long since been by to repo the thing because he didn't make his he didn't make his monthly installment. Oh, I forgot to ask you. So, could you do a monthly installment on Peloton? Oh yeah, I mean it's for as low as like fifty eight bucks a month, which I didn't check what the interest rate was. Now, yeah, it's like that, how many months would that take you to pay off? That that'd be a well, that'd be a pretty no, long term financing package there. I tell you what, though, if there's no interest, my interest. In federal interest? In federal interest could be peaked a little bit. 
if there's no interest on that loan, but I very seriously doubt they're doing 0% interest loans on a Peloton. <laughs> this is like a, a topic that we would have to revisit with Point Break Day for sure. Because you're telling me I can pay this off over like three years. That's a little more going along with that a little more. I'm still not getting one, but I'm at least thinking about it. But if I just got to spend $2,200 up front for a, it's a bike. It's just a bike with a TV attached to it (laughs) that connects to Wi-Fi. That's all it is. You want to show prediction right here? uh, First of December, you will have this before Christmas. I can tell like by the way you're talking about it, by the look in your eye that you will have this before Christmas is over. There is no way. You will have figured out whatever that thing is that you need to tell yourself uh -uh. to make it all make sense. If it's paying it out over time, if it's no interest, if it's, you know, figuring out what you would have to pay to join a spin class, like you are going to, you are going to buy this bike. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make that prediction and the Rams are winning the Super Bowl. So (laughs) I could parlay that. I'm going to look into the zero. My, uh, my roommate is uh, too frugal to allow this to happen. It's too much. It's too much money. She she saw the price and she was basically like, "There's no way. If you want one of these, let's let's go find one that's nice but doesn't have all this extra stuff, and uh, we'll just roll with that. We can find something for like five hundred bucks, probably. Maybe we could. Maybe you could just take some of the money that she's making from her job and set it aside. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm fine. You look you look like you almost we might almost needed to go back to the surgery center there for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to have a cleanup on the of the carpet here from uh excessive coke spillage. Yeah, but, don't uh, don't say that, by the way. I've I've made that mistake once before and uh just don't say that. Uh, not okay. a good thing to say. Okay, then we won't we won't go any further. So Oh. Speaking of things that aren't going any further. Oh yes. Did you um did you did you uh, go to your DVR and find the episode four of Race Night and Bowman Gray like I did? Well, never really done a eulogy before, but this is the time that we we uh, wish Race Night and Bowman Gray. Uh, a nice eternity in hell as it has been pulled from the discovery channel. After I knew, three things, episodes. Were, I knew things were going bad when, because of course, you know, we follow the protagonist of the show on Twitter and I, I had started my new job in, in Nashville. So I was a little out of the loop on TV because I was away from my DVR and point break. Dave started sending us screenshots of Burt Myers tweeting at the discovery channel <laughs> saying like, Hey, what's the deal? Why didn't our show air tonight on TV? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really weird that the uh, so the Monday before Thanksgiving it was supposed to be on and it wasn't. And right, I thought, just well, mysteriously not on. Yeah, and I thought, well, it's the ho- week of the holiday. No, you know, right. nobody runs a new episode. It's all reruns and whatever. That makes sense. And I actually saw Bert Meyer's tweet that the next episode I think would air. I want to say he he put on there on. On Thanksgiving, and I was like, "That's even weirder, or more weird." And the next tweet I saw from him was the same one you guys saw, which was basically, "I don't know what happened. I'm in in conversation with the Discovery Channel as to why they're not airing the episodes anymore." 
Now, the episodes are available on the Discovery Go app. And I have seen episode four. I haven't watched episode five yet. Yeah. So if people didn't hate this podcast enough as it is, because we basically just talk about things that we care about. We review TV shows that have been off the air for 10 years. We've maybe now even hit an all-time low for this show. Is We are going to continue reviewing Ray Stider, Bowman Gray, even though the only way you can watch it is on the Discovery Go app. And even then... You have to really be looking for it because when you told me this, I'm scrolling through it on the smart TV here in my uh, my sad dad apartment. And um, yeah, it's not even in the list of shows like you have to literally type in the word Bowman in the search to get it to pop up. But once you once you find it and watch it on there, as long as you sign up for the notifications, I think kind of tracks what you watch. I mean, obviously it does, because I got an alert today once, uh, or this week, once episode five was available. Yeah, and I haven't haven't watched watched episode five, yeah. But 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 that'll be for next show. That'll be for next show. So you need, it's free as long as you have, like, a um, satellite or cable carrier that you can sign in through uh, with your ID and password for that. You can watch it free on the app if anybody's interested in actually watching it. Um, I don't know if you... If you have like YouTube TV, like our best friend from DeSoto, I don't know if uh, if he's able to watch it for free, but he'll find a way. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I would feel like if you had legal access to Discovery Channel, you should be able to watch it with those credentials. I think so. Well, we're still going to talk about it. Well, I mean, of course we are. So episode four, this the first thing that stuck out with me was... Uh, one, my crutches just fell on the <laughs> Was floor. Was that your crutches falling? I'm, I'm basically trapped in this chair right now. Like, I can't do anything. Okay, um, I'm going to finally do what I've been wanting to do for years and swat you right now. <laughs> I'm going to make the call. I'm going to die right here. <laughs> You're going to be sitting right there, and I'm going to watch it all, and you can't even move. <laughs> so, uh, episode four. So, we've spent three weeks introing all the drivers and watching them qualify repeatedly. And then episode four, we get into this. It's basically like a Rocky montage of racing, which we're going to get into some Rocky talk later, but it's like a montage of racing. We, instead of going week to week, we've spanned like five or six weeks and shown who's won different races. Like this thing is actually no pun intended kicked into gear. And this (laughs) is the week that they pull it, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, they spent all this time doing setup, and then they just blast through. And, and what was funny is the races that they're like skipping through. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they had races where people that hadn't been profiled in the show were winning, or that the you know didn't really advance the plot. Like Jason Myers and and uh, John John Boy, like they all are winning races, and they're just they're just blowing past it. Like, yeah. and then Jason Myers won a race, and then John Boy Brown won a race, and. And they just keep just keep moving like light speed. Well, because it's the Burt Myers show. Apparently so. Like, I mean, those conspiracy theories about this whole thing is just set up to be big Burt Myers propaganda. I'm starting to buy into that. There's a lot of a lot of truth there. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. (laughs) But I mean, I'd like to see more Jason because I want to see more smoking. I want to see more single cab trucks. (laughs) I want to see more. I'm clearly not as good as my older brother. That's a, that's a better narrative to me. 
But uh, I'm okay with uh, Bert. I, I need as little Tim Brown as possible. <laughs> that guy is just a – he's a robot, and he, he looks like – he looks like a 12-year-old that they painted a beard onto. <laughs> like he never aged beyond like early adolescence in his face. He just kind of have that like man-child thing going for sure. Yeah. I think that's a that's a that's a fair assessment of Mr. Brown. And I think you noticed that uh something was different with his compared to earlier episodes. Yeah, we're 8 weeks 8 weeks yeah. into the race season when, you know, I guess two episodes ago he was told, you know, he can maybe nurse this broken wrist through the season and we're going to have to do surgery as soon as the season's over. Well, now he's got no cast. He's jumping out of the race car, fully articulating both hands like it never happened. Like I, I, I'm calling, uh, I'm calling the whole wrist broken, broken hand into, into question. I think it's fake news on for the show. Yeah, that's just, can't stand that guy at all. Sorry. So the point of this episode is to get to this hundred lap race, which again for Bowman Gray, I'm much more interested in the hundred lap races because the the short sprints is basically whoever qualifies in the polls win in the race because it's impossible to pass out there. So the going to the hundred lap race gives us an opportunity for more story to develop during the course of the race. So for, for that, I'm excited. Right. So we have to spend however many months on qualifying still? Yeah. So, and that's the best part. In this particular race, there's a gimmick in there that the starting order is totally drawn at random. So the qualifying doesn't mean, for the purposes of the race, means nothing. It, what it, What you do in qualifying does not, in any way factor into where you're going to start on the grid. But yeah, we spent what? 15 minutes of the first episode on qualifying. And you know, who's, that's, that's not, uh, that's not Burt Meyer's fault. That's not anybody in the show's fault. That's the discovery channel's fault for spending well, all that time on nonsense. Yeah, they're, they're a way to put the show together. But then I, I did laugh because, um, you know, Burt of course, still striving hard to get on the pole. And, he said, well, yeah, but there's a, there's a pole award, a cash prize for, for qualifying on the pole. <laughs> and it was $100. $100. So he's driving in the track with a, with a rig that probably costs you know, between eighty dollars and $100,000. And he's going to pull out all the stops for the $100 pole award. But I do think yeah. there was some humor. There was some humor in the the process that they went through to determine the grid. So each team has to send a representative inside the um, inside the tracks, you know, tower area, and they are drawing um, a numbered poker chip out of a bag. So they kind of go through. You know, the drivers don't do it themselves because they're superstitious. So they they appoint a crew guy. Well, Tim. Uh, has this guy, Tim Brown, has a guy in his crew uh, named Mark. Okay. <laughs> and Mark has a, a uh, method for doing the um, draw. Now, Tim said Mark has a strategy, but they never actually said what the strategy was. And I don't understand how you can have a strategy when you're literally reaching into a bag and pulling out a poker chip. 
But Mark has a strategy. It worked out pretty well. Yeah. Hey, what just happened to your audio? It just got crazy sounding. It did, really. Yeah, it sounds terrible now. Go Uh-oh. back to whatever you were doing before. Hold on. Yeah. It sounds like you're talking in a megaphone. Okay, hold on. Well, I changed my auto, audio settings. Yeah, well, that sounds okay. Maybe just, can you just hold it a little farther away from your face? Are we okay? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, we're on the... Oh, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds very good. Oh, keep talking. I changed Yeah, that it sounds like the, four uh... inches good right there, man. <laughs> I changed it to the actual mic, so hopefully we don't have a problem because I didn't have it on the mic before. Oh, wow, this sounds so much better now. Okay, well, hey, okay. you know what? Um, folks, we're going with this episode, so if it sounded bad for the first 30 minutes... Well... That sounds like the man, their the man is on high doses of opioids, so no give him a little bit of a break. And this is my first, I'm three weeks post-surgery, and this is my first whiskey night since then. Oh, then. you know, you're not supposed to mix opioids and whiskey. Don't worry about it. You have no idea how much better it sounds. Like, my mind is blown right now. Oh my goodness. Wow. Hey, as long as it shows up on uh, iTunes and, <laughs> you know, people that have to use, like, Android and stuff like that. That's all we care about. We call, we call them poor people. I didn't say that. I call so, them. I call them not me. That's what I call them. So, so Bert Myers. What was the deal with the guy he sent in there? This because this this guy like he had never been to the track with him before. This was the dumbest story, but obviously we remember it. He basically just was telling the camera that they had somebody in their crew that couldn't show up. So they got a guy that they know who's never helped him out before. They said, oh, yeah, come out on the track. Come out to the track and help us out tonight. But his only responsibility was just to go pull a piece of plastic out of a bag for their but starting position. If that was your only job, he couldn't have done it much better. He pulls no. the number two slot. He's on the front row. He walked out of that building with a smile on his face. They knew from the instant that he walked out. And apparently the guy that got uh, put on the pole, which normally would be a guaranteed punch your ticket to win, nobody oh was too worried gosh. about him. No. They, because in Bowman Gray Stadium, the one thing we know is you can't pass anybody on the outside. <laughs> and pretty much Burt's crew's like, yeah, <laughs> when they drop the green flag, just we'll let you know when you're clear. Like this <laughs> guy, the guy that drew one was like foot peddling his car like fred flintstone or something i mean they dropped the green flag and he's just is like doesn't even move and half the field just passes him immediately and you know watching that footage i still want to go there one time and and see a race night there but i think it would be a little defeating because apparently in this race in this episode bert led like all 100 laps. Yeah, because if you have a good car and you get down low in the lead, it's you're essentially unpassable. Yeah, unless somebody wrecks you or you you have some kind of a problem because nobody can right. pass on the outside. And the, yeah, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the only way you can the only way you can pass is yeah to to physically wreck somebody. And if you're as fast as Bert, nobody's going to get to your bumper to wreck you. Man. And this day and age where everybody's got to, you know, everybody's got to win. Everybody's going to get positive affirmation. Nobody wants to pass or bump or anything. Millennials have ruined 
Bowman Gray Stadium. Well, hey, uh, John, John and Tim Brown, they weren't afraid to bump each other a little this race. That's true. But I think old John Boy is desperate for he needs that extra cash if he's gonna if he's gonna make it to next week. He's racing for livelihood more than anything else. But um overall I'm just disappointed that they pulled it I, I can't believe they didn't let it run at least through the eight episodes. I'm just Yeah, I mean my only thought is that the viewership must have been so incredibly bad that they couldn't even justify keeping it on the air. Yeah. Because right. there is a point where a show can be so bad that it does cost the station money because they, for that time slot, they promise the advertisers a certain number of viewers. And if it's missing it to the point where they could put on a rerun of something like, cause they would literally have to pay the advertisers the difference in the money. So if they said, well, you know, we promised that from whatever time slot it is, you know, eight to nine o'clock on, on Monday night, you know, that, um, you'll have a million people watching and only 200,000 are watching. Then they have to actually pay back the, the difference, you know, and make good. Yeah. So that's a one way ticket to the discovery go app. <laughs> that is. That's uh, that's a tough one. But hey, but, we just uh, get to see that Peloton commercial more and more, so it's all good. <laughs> That's true. If there's one thing that the, the Discovery Go app likes, it's it's it is its commercials, as they'll run about eight in a row. That I found out watching episode four. Yeah, I found out that the hard way. Yeah, right. So, um, can I uh, can I tell you a little bit about what my life is like right now to kind of uh, close us out here? It's. Well, I have one other thing, but by all means, go ahead. No, no, I, it doesn't have to end the show, but I want to tell you a little bit about what my life is like, and just, I don't want you to get too depressed, because it's a depressing state of affairs here in Nashville right now, so okay. I'm I'm uh, living by myself, <laughs> so left my, left my family and children back in Dallas, um, in the smallest possible apartment that you could even imagine, I mean, like, you could see behind me there. Like that's oh, the, literally that's the kitchen. Yeah, I'm sitting in the living room, and then right over there is the bedroom, and that's it. Okay, all right. So the company, um, the company that I'm working at, they 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 get going pretty early in the morning. Like I, the company I was at before, you know, nothing really happened before nine o'clock for sure. Well, here, I mean, every day, I mean, people are there at eight a.m., seven forty-five. I mean, it's it's early. Go getters. Yeah, it's just some go getters. Um. So I'm I'm getting up in the morning. I'm getting there by eight. I'm working all day. They have a really nice gym at the office. Um, okay. Do so they have I'm a Peloton? They have a series of Peloton. No, they don't. Have <laughs> it's not that nice. Okay. But it, it, there's there's some humor here because the um, the company's has a very large footprint here in Nashville. And the the corporate campus is actually comprised of four different buildings. They're 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 all in a row, but the they're far enough apart that you actually take a shuttle between the buildings. So there's Whoa. there's a bus. Now, some of these buildings are like a few hundred yards apart. <laughs> okay. Like we really don't probably need the shuttle. I would need the shuttle if it were me. Well, you would need the shuttle. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I got to make this ADA compliant for you. That's true. I need ramps. I need all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the, the newest building is the fourth in the series, and it's kind of up a, a little bit of a hill. So, yeah, if you're walking, you could get tired. It's, you know, uphill. 
kind of oh, like yeah. setting your Peloton on a on a high resistance setting. But it also houses all the uh, the uh, IT services for the entire corporation and all their different outposts. So, so it's a, you know it's a large building, 100% focused on IT. Well, in the basement of that building um, is the gym. So I, I have access to that. Now, I don't spend a lot of time in that building during the course of the day, but when I'm done with work, you know, at 5.30 or so, I, I um, will either drive or, or walk over to the, um, to the IT building and work out, get my workout in at night. Okay. Now, I do not consider myself uh, a man of size. And we've okay. well documented on the show before that Charlotte Flair deadlifts more than I do. <laughs> Okay. When I'm working out in the IT building, I am a god. <laughs> you're, you're like the Adonis. They put down what they're doing to watch me in this building. I, I <laughs> kid you not. I worked out tonight. Last night, there was a guy next to me that was deadlifting with tins on the side of the bar. And That's he wasn't insane. like doing it to see how many reps he could do. He was struggling to get the bar. But this is a guy that like... Height, weight, bigger than me, without question. That doesn't make, Deadlifting with tens. That doesn't make any physical sense whatsoever. Yeah. And then I saw a guy today curling 17 and a halfs. <laughs> just, just grinding. Well, maybe he recently uh, transitioned. Maybe he what, was like, like Jennifer. Like department to IT? <laughs> no, maybe he was Jennifer last week and now he's Gene. If he was Charlotte last week, he's still not doing as is not enough weight that he's doing. Yeah, but yeah, so <laughs> I work out and then I come back to this lonely apartment in the dark because it's it's dark at four thirty. I drink one or two Michelob Ultras. I've actually upgraded now to the uh, all organic, the pure gold, ultra pure gold, organic beer. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. it, it makes me want a rollerblade. Um, I'm sure it does. Eat eat a dinner that usually consists of either queso or frozen pizza. Do they have Taco Bueno there? I've not run into a Bueno actually. I don't think they okay. do. the 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 Mexican food options here are not as bountiful. Mm, that's a, but to that save is a money. Tough one. Yeah, to save money, I've been buying groceries at the store. So I've been buying like the industrial block sizes of Velveeta. Okay, that's a good you know, investment. And the two cans of Rotel. Yeah. That'll last you a week easy. Oh yeah. And that's that's a great that's yeah. a great healthy option too. So while I'm so while I'm eating my queso dip, I'm usually watching on the WWE network like old episodes of Monday Night Raw, go to bed and then repeat the next day. This that is, is the, my beaten this is my beaten existence. This is the worst lifestyle yeah. I think I've heard of in a long time. Uh, and when I was imagining being here, I was thinking, man, I'm going to be down on the Vandy campus every night. I'm going to be just oh, being yeah. 27, meeting my soulmate. Just drinking yeah. beer and eating wings everywhere you go. Yeah, just just wings, just left and right. Yeah, and instead, yeah, here I am uh, sitting in, in basically in squalor. So... Do they have movie theaters there? I believe they have movie theaters here. Have you been to the movie theater since you've no. been in your... Okay, first off, movie review-wise, since we lost the episode, we're not going to get my emotional review of the 2016 Bradley Cooper movie, <laughs> Burnt. Which that may be the thing thought... I regret the most about not recording that episode, because that was such a weird... 
well, we're non sequitur. Yeah, we're not getting that. I don't think I've cried that much in an episode before, but we're we're not we're not we're not getting Never that. Never happened. Tonight. Tommy didn't so, record. If you want to see that movie, you know, go ahead and watch it. But I went to see Creed two this week. I still haven't been there. Was oh. it? Was it? Just tell me this. Was it as great as I want it to be? If it wasn't as great, it's pretty close. Like, the whole Drago thing is awesome. Just that the real Drago and then his son are very significant characters in the movie is a big plus. I don't know if I liked it as much as the first Creed, but it's not far off. Like, if if it's not as good, it's like just a half a tick below. And there was, I'm not, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there's like one or two very dramatic moments that are, like if I would have just read what happens in the movie, it's awesome. But the way they executed it, I think that it could have been done a little better. But you need to see the movie first. Wait, so you're saying, you're now criticizing how the movie was directed? You're saying like, <laughs> if you yeah. had read the script, you could have done it better? Well, I, I'm saying someone could have done it better. Not me, but person could have done it better. Yeah, just not, just not me. But there's like this one climactic scene towards the end that happens in the in the final or you know the boxing uh, match at the end, and I felt like it. It's a great idea. It was pretty cool what happened, but the way that it was acted and everything fell a little bit, just a little bit flat. Where like in the first movie, I felt like. I'm not gonna say it was the perfect movie, but what they were trying to get across, <laughs> it, was. I, it was it was pretty awesome. This movie is I will definitely watch this movie again when it's available. You know, DVD, iTunes, you know, whatever. I'm gonna own it, but I don't know if I liked it as much as the first one. But it's still very good. So you're advising me to oh yeah get out of my depression here and go out socialize a little bit at night. I advised you to watch a movie with Bradley Cooper where he plays a chef. So, of course, I'm going to advise you to watch a movie with the great Michael B. Jordan and the god that is Sylvester Stallone. Of course, you're going to watch that. Well, I'm going I'm I'm to find some time in my busy calendar to make this happen. All right. Hey, did I, did I tell you I'm, I'm going to have a visitor from, uh, from the Dallas area tomorrow? I'm having lunch with somebody that we know tomorrow well, in Nashville. Yes. Um, does he like sandwiches? No, he does not. He, he, uh, he's from the same, the same, uh, circle as that guy. Uh, hashtag CAB. (laughs) This guy was definitely part of the CAB movement and, uh, been known to wear a blazer to church as part of a ongoing bit. Yeah. A bit that lasted like three weeks. Yeah. And then he he was back to non blazer guy. Yeah. Apparently his, his work's sending him out Nashville way tomorrow. So he texted me this today and he said, Hey, you want to grab lunch tomorrow? And I was like, yes, I do. All right. We'll find a, uh, a nice taco bueno. (laughs) Go ahead and hit that, uh, hit up. I won't be out there until, uh, August when I'm going to Bristol motor speedway. Or yes. when we're all going. We're all going to Bristol. So, and then other news, when it comes to uh, Royal Rumble news in late January. Did you get the ADA compliant room booked? I will be, if all things progress as planned, I will be walking 
and I will be walking free of any brace of any kind by that point. Will you still be on crutches? No, no crutches, no nothing. I won't be able to do any intent. If you want to go sprinting, no. If you want to go climb a mountain, I can't do that. So no crossfit. No, but I'll be able to walk. And who told you this? Uh, the doctors? What was it? I was going to say, what was her name? <laughs> <laughs> I will be there to walk with Elias for sure. 